This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Friday, December 2nd, and let's talk about the forecast. Well, snow is something that everyone is interested in, and I'll give special attention to that in a second. The large-scale weather pattern that we're in now is classic La Nina, with a big ridge of high pressure over the eastern Pacific and persistent and cool northwesterly from the northwest flow over our region, coming down from from Alaska and the western side of, of Canada. Now, every once in a while, an upper-level trough of low pressure moves southward to the east of this ridge over the west coast, and this provides a surge of cooling and precipitation and often snow, particularly in the mountains, and occasionally snow in the lowlands when things are just right. Thursday morning brought heavy mountain snows and considerable snow over the lowlands from northern King into Snohomish counties. And there was not only a lot of accidents, but there were a lot of power outages as vegetation got weighted down with snow and hit the power lines. Now we must prepare for the next event, but I would like to say at the outset, it is not in the same league as Thursday's front. A modest front will come off the Pacific and make landfall tonight, and the air will be cold enough for snow. The issue is going to be moisture. Snow will spread over the Olympics this evening and then across the Kitsap Peninsula. And later in the evening and during the early morning hours, light snow will reach northwest Seattle from Shilshaw North in that region and into Snohomish County. But I suspect, and the latest models indicate, the mounts will be very light from a dusting to perhaps a half an inch with a bit more in portions of Snohomish County. More snow will fall over northwest Washington, particularly Watkin County and out into the San Juans, where several inches are possible. Now, the situation will dry out considerably as in Saturday and Sunday. Uh, And I expect to see partly sunny skies on Saturday and temperatures getting into the, maybe even the lower 40s in the lowlands. It's going to feel warm. On Sunday, there could be some light snow showers over southwest Washington and and into eastern Washington. And so I think we will see some snow, but it'll be mainly in the southern part of the state and in the northern part of Oregon. Then, after Sunday, things will really dry out through Wednesday as a high-pressure ridge, the high-pressure ridge offshore, will move towards us and it will dominate our weather without any disturbances coming from the north. Uh, Finally, on Thursday, another system will come out of the West from off the Pacific, and that approaching system will lead to more snow in the mountains on Thursday. But I think it will be too warm to have any snow over the lowlands. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. 
Several people this week have complained to me about dry, cracking skin and pesky, dry coughs. A few have also noted static electricity with sparks flying when they touch doorknobs after being on a carpeted surface. Uh, the cause of this unpleasant situation? Very dry air inside buildings and homes with relative humidities below 30% and sometimes below 20%. Such low indoor relative humidities are occurring while precipitation is falling outside and outdoor relative humidities are 90 to 100%. So how could this be? How could there, there be such a contrast between relative humidity outside and inside? The answer, leaky buildings and some basic ideas about atmospheric humidity. Now, most buildings are quite leaky with several air exchangers per hour. Now, this is a good thing to some degree. Some air exchange is needed to preserve in their air quality. Now, the outside air that infiltrates in, into the home has to be warmed up to at least, say, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. And this warming up of the outside air has a huge impact on relative humidity. And let me explain how this works. The outside air is cool and moist with very high relative humidity. And I quoted some numbers of 90 to 100%. Uh, but how does that change? Well, first, what is relative humidity? It's important to know this. Relative humidity is 100 times the ratio of the amount of water vapor in some air div uh, divided by the maximum amount of water vapor the air can hold at that temperature. So if the air is saturated, if it's holding the maximum possible it can at that temperature, the relative humidity is 100%. If that air is holding half the amount of water vapor that it could hold at that temperature, the relative humidity is 50%. Another critical piece of information to understand this material is that the maximum amount of water vapor a sample of air can hold depends on temperature. Warm air can hold way more water vapor than cool air. In fact, the ability to hold water vapor in some air goes up exponentially with temperature. That means real fast. So let's start going through this situation, and let's start with completely saturated cool air outside. So let's say this saturated air has a, a temperature of 35 degrees Fahrenheit. That air infiltrates into your house or apartment or building through cracks or windows or whatever, and is warmed up by the heating system or contact with warm surfaces inside the building. Now, when the air moves in, side from the outside, the amount of water vapor in that air doesn't change very much. But the temperature, that does change a lot. So the amount of water vapor per volume of air as it comes in doesn't change much when it goes inside your house or your building. But the temperature does. This causes the relative humidity to plummet. Why? Because warmer air can hold a lot more water vapor than cold air. So remember, relative humidity is 100 times the amount of water vapor the air holds, volume of air holds, divided by the maximum water vapor that it could hold at that temperature. 
So if you increase the bottom number in the division, if you increase the denominator a lot, you can hold a lot more water vapor, the ratio is much less. A simple calculation shows that if you start with 100% relative humidity at 32 degrees Fahrenheit, you, can, you would end up with the relative humidity inside the house. So that air gets warmed up as it comes in, the relative humidity drops to 40% at 68 degrees Fahrenheit. If you heat your house to 77 degrees, and some people do, the relative humidity would be 33%. Now, if the air outside is not saturated, if the air is not 100% relative humidity outside, or if it's even colder than 32 degrees, then the relative humidity can be lower. I mean, much lower. Getting into the teens is not hard. So the relative humidity in your house can be like the Sahara Desert. The dry air leads to dry skin, static electricity, and sparks. You know what I'm talking about. And if you think we have troubles during our cold periods, the situation is far worse over the eastern United States, where the outside air is often much drier, less moisture, and much colder. In fact, it's so bad in the eastern half of the United States during the wintertime that many folks have put humidifiers into their heating system to raise the indoor relative humidities. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.